We give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Thank you for the renewed way that you are dealing with each member of this household. Your mouth has spoken and you will deliver. For God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he will change his mind. We give you the praise. The chariots of God we thank you everlasting one. I can see the chariot of God. We thank you Jehovah. I can see the power of fire of God. We give you the praise. When it's time for man to touch base with heaven, did he not make angels winds and messengers? We give you the praise and glory and honor for your creature. And we thank you for creation. Our time has come upon the earth. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. I wanted to turn to someone and welcome them in the name of Jesus. The Bible says when the time came for God to fulfill his covenant with Christ with Tabernacle. The number of them rapidly increased. I believe that God is positioning those of you who are here. Because of the rapid increase that is coming. Somebody say amen. Amen. What I see God doing tonight is this. He wants me to give you some secrets. And then towards the end of the meeting, we will go into power manifestation. Today is for everything. So if you will ask me what is today, I will say anything can happen. Hallelujah forevermore. I love God. My son was asking me a question today about Elijah. When Elijah was about to be taken to heaven, you know, he had a servant called Elisha. And if you look at the book of Elisha, Hallelujah. It's even from the book of Elijah. Elijah is the book of false kings. From verse 17, a man, nobody knew of him in the country. They are used to big, big names. But suddenly, a man without genealogy appeared. This year, you will show forth. They don't know you before. In whatever God has sent you to do, those of you in the secular world, those of you who have your businesses in practice and stuff, they haven't had your name. When the time came, the Bible says, Elijah the Tishbite. Tell me the house of Tishbite. <laughs> Tell me the family of Tishbite. And the Bible says, he appeared on the scene. And he confronted the devil of their time. You will confront the Satan of today. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Let me say something to you. Whatever you are doing, you will be noticed by the Spirit of the Lord. But you know, 
when that man manifested the grace of God, and then we came to the book of Elisha, the second kings. The Bible spoke about how the transition happened, and Elisha was following Elijah. Remember I told you something yesterday about Moses and Aaron. That God wants Aaron's to be on the top of the mountain. But the Moseses are used to being on the top of the mountain. They are used to hearing God. But when the time came that God wanted to speak to Moses, he said, go and bring your Aaron. Aaron must be here. So that when I descend upon the mountain over you, Aaron will come under the cloud of glory. And I told you yesterday how every one of you who are Aaron's, who lift up the hand of the mass, uh, men of God across the globe, in this year is your turn. Those of you who watch me from other churches, if you have been rebelling against your Moses, you better change. Because the cloud will not come on those who rebel. There is something about rebellion, data, uh, uh, you know, Korah and data. The Bible says the land, the earth opens its mouth and swallowed them. But Aaron's are supposed to be with Moses. But then today, while my son was sharing with me about Elijah and Elisha, and was asking me questions. I saw the same pattern with Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was following Elijah, and they went from Bethel to Gilgal and the rest of it. And then when they crossed River Jordan, before they got to River Jordan, the Bible says that Elisha stopped following Elijah. He came beside Elijah very closely. So when Elijah split the water, he saw it with his mantle. And he walked through the bare ground. So the moment they crossed over, the Bible says Elijah and Elisha were walking side by side. Because he has asked him that, uh, can I have double portion of the power? And Elijah said, you cannot. Except only on one condition. If you can see me when God visits me. So then they started walking side by side. And the chariot did not come until they walked side by side. Alright? You understand that? Walk side by side with your Elijah. Because the chariot of fire will soon come. It's only those who are baptized with fire that can carry mantle. So when the chariot came, what happened is that the wild wind was sent. And you know wind is angels. Hebrew tells you that in chapter 1. It made these angels wind. And uh, they separated two people who are walking side by side and holding themselves tight. And the chariots came under the legs of Elijah with fire. Now, if Elisha was with Elijah side by side, then the fire that baptized Elijah baptized Elisha. Elisha was left alone because he is to continue the mandate. Listen to me, therefore. So Elisha looked up and said, Oh, the chariots of my God, or my father, the chariots of Israel. And the mantle was taken out of Elijah by the wind. Of course, wind is used to identify Holy Spirit, but for message, as a messenger, is angels. You will see a lot of angelic activities in the church of God this year and in the world. A lot of angelic activities. 
Angels are the ones that, when they operate, all the laws of science will be defiled. Okay? And they will deliver. They will, they will freeze all the laws of science and reverse everything that is natural. And then they will give birth to manifestation. And people will know, they will see that this is not possible by this condition. It is impossible. But then it will be possible. Those are angels. I love them so much. It's quite a time I've seen one of them. I'm expecting a lot of visitation this year. What about you? That's the way to get them. If you have a friend that have traveled for a while, you always have anticipation for them to come back, isn't it? Your heart must be filled with such. Angels are co-laborers with us. One of the angels said that, isn't it? They are co-laborers with us. And so, Elijah, Elisha took the mantle, and when he came to Jordan, he remember how his master did it. He didn't have any headache. He just said, where is the God of who? Where is the God of who? Hey, 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 hey. We are the God of Elijah, and he struck the water. And the God of Elijah, what? Answered. Let me say something to you. To those of you who are in CFT, in this year, the God that appeared to me will answer you. I love my calling so much because it did not come by committee meeting. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> you didn't hear me, I just spoke in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah forever. I am not, I was not called because somebody ate Belefu and prophesied after he's drunk. Yeah, we know some people that when they want to prophesy, they will ask for a bottle of Gulda in those days. And after they have drunk enough Gulda, they will start prophesying. Some people run with their prophecy. Someone says that, but why would God do that? Why he would do what he did to you, so the same thing he would do that. Listen to me. The God that we serve is the God of fathers. And he keeps his covenant with the sons. And whenever the sons challenge the God of their father, he shows up. He shows up to say that I really am their God. I sense them. And sons can get things quicker from God by calling to the God of their father than the fathers can get it. Because you are placing demand on the anointing. The church of God needs to understand that principle. Three principles I want to teach you this, this, this evening. And I will stop. I will finish my teaching by... Uh, ten, um, what's the time now? This is nine. I will finish my teaching at 9.30 and then we will go into power manifestation. Three things I want to show you that you must do this year from this time henceforth. But you need to know this, that let the devil be jealous that you have a father that Jesus appeared to. Tell it to the face of demons of hell. Say it to anybody that you know. You have a legacy that is rare on earth today. Not everyone can say that. As you have not seen so many ministers say the things I say. Because nobody can say what he was not given from above. And I had an encounter of the Lord today after yesterday's visitation. Overnight, I was so happy. Very happy. 
Some strange manifestations await you this year. That will make people to convert your God. You know, Israel was in, in, in uh, slavery for 430 years. When the time came, by force he delivered them from their slave masters. And then he called the same God, went to call their slave masters to pursue. Okay? And so that he can put an end to those who have enslaved them. Whatever has enslaved you will be brought to an end this year. When they got to Red Sea, Red Sea was the place of decision and partition. By water, man came to be, to be. And by water, man was delivered. By water, man is commissioned. It is by water that man, mortal man, identifies with the divine one. Through baptism. If it is through baptism that we are initiated unto God, and through baptism our enemies drown, those who seek after your life will drown this year. By the mighty torrent of Jehovah, they will not live to see the manifestation of His grace. (laughs) Therefore, three things you need to do today. This year, keep it in your heart that God, God expects of His body on earth. Number one, you must have faith in God. Look at Hebrew chapter 11, verse 6. Everyone that comes to the Lord, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to the Lord must believe that what? You must believe that God and is a rewarder. Now, therefore, the first thing God requires from you, which He told me to tell you, is that in the past you might have doubted God for many reasons. In this year, don't doubt Him anymore. The first thing about your faith in this year is this. You must believe that God is. You know, yesterday I took you through some Oaths of allegiance to God. You remember? Yes, church. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, the reason why God has given me to tell you about faith first is because anyone who has faith, no matter what you do, God is not pleased. No matter what you do, God is not pleased. If there is a substance that it's so powerful like that. I think Christians should be more conscious about it. I would together now. Without faith, you cannot please God. But it says, because, number one step of faith. Anyone who comes to God must believe that God exists or God is. Anyone who comes to God must believe that God is. And is a rewarder of those who what? Who earnestly or diligently seek him. The word earnest means diligent. I think when we use the word earnest, the first thing that comes to the conscience of man is honestly. Okay? But then, it's not just talking about being truthful, but it's talking about being consistent as well. Therefore, 
you cannot doubt anything that God has said. Don't say maybe, 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 maybe is a doubt. The word of God for you and I and his promises to you and I is not so because we believed it. It is so because it is so. I will together now. If the Bible says it, and that's it. But if we truly have faith in him, therefore, we must seek him and with all our hearts. That is earnest seeking. I will come back to that in a minute. The second thing that you must do this year, you must obey God fully. Write those scriptures down beside what I told you. So the first one is you must have full faith in Him. It doesn't matter what you are going through, what God said will come to pass. It doesn't matter what the government has said, what God said to you, that's what will prevail. <laughs> Can a man change the decision of the parliament? Yes. One man is enough to do that. When they meet, he can just pray. There was a man one day. That man was on the run for his life. He was going from jungle to jungle. And then the enemy that was after him got afflicted by God and God made him mad. I know you. some of you know where I'm going. So when God made the enemy mad... Alright, they called him to come and play for the enemy so that demons will come down. They will get out of him. And whenever he plays, the demons go out of him. And so one day when he was playing, the enemy took this javelin to pin him to the wall. So he ran. So after he ran, the enemy said, how can I get this man? So he called the wisest man of their time. A man that everybody knew that when he opens his mouth, what he says don't doubt it. By grace. They call him Ahitophel. So, when this man of God heard that the parliament has appointed Mr. Ahitophel to counsel the king. And Ahitophel is so given by God that if he tells them, if he attends to how to get him, because of the grace of God upon him, he will get it right. You know what that man said in his captivity? Father, turn the counsel of Ahithophel to foolishness. And that's it. He didn't repeat it. He said it like a wish. And instantly, God removed that grace from Ahithophel. And the parliament sat. And they were misguided. <laughs> your word in your room can dictate what happened in Downing Street. I can't hear you. You know, sometimes you limit yourself too much. Too much you limit yourself. Christians, so therefore. Number two, you must fully obey God. Look at Exodus 19, 5 to 6. It says in Exodus 19, 5 to 6, Now, if you obey me fully, this is God, and keep my covenants, then out of all nations, you will be my what? Treasured possession. Now, listen to me. If you make up your mind this year, that Lord, 
I might have messed up last year in some issues, some areas. This year, I make up my mind not to disappoint you. I will stand to make sure I don't let you down. And you say to yourself, even when people wind me up, I will not act. I will check my limits, put a limit on myself that I cannot go beyond. Even if people, you know, aggravate me, because I do not want to disobey God, I will hinder myself. What I will say, what I will think, what I will do. I will first wait before I act. I will fully obey you. And you will check yourself every area that you have disobeyed God last year, that this year you will not disobey God. God said, He will single you out from among the nation and you will become a treasured possession. You know what treasured possession is? When somebody discovers a treasure, he guards it with everything he has. So it means that God will guide you and protect you with everything that he has. He cannot afford you to be lost when you decide to fully obey him. But he says, although the whole world is mine. <clears throat> Did you see that? You will be for me a kingdom. So, of and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to Israelites. Three major things here. You become before God a treasured possession. You become before God a kingdom of priests. And you become before God a holy nation. If you can fully obey Him. There are many things that are involved in disobedience. But they are all summarized into these three categories. Treasured possession. Alright. Kingdom of priests. And holy nation. If you, if you look deeper into these three realms, you will recognize that a treasured possession, everything available to heaven will be given to you to care and protect you. A priest, God will reveal many things to you that he will not tell anybody. The position of priest is to know some deep things that other people will not know. So if you fully obey God, you will come to a place where God can trust you with a lot of things, confidence and stuff like that. And a holy nation, nobody touches you and goes God free. Nobody can touch you and goes God free. Number three that you need to do. What is number one? And what is number two? Eh? Full obedience. Number three, you must serve the Lord your God with all your heart. Faith in God. Obedience fully unto God. And whole heart service. Let me show you something about this. 
If you look at the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28. It says in verse 25, One of the occasions, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Okay. What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Shall we read the reply of Jesus Christ? I want us to recognize what Jesus said here. The first thing he said is that you with your mouth know the right thing. Now, if you do this correctly, And if you do this, you are very correct. Anyone who correctly does this will live. Do this and you will live. Do this and you have life to the fullest. This is what Jesus says. Now, we can understand that what Jesus has said is just the truth. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, you will obey Him. You will trust Him. If you love the Lord your God with all your soul, really, you will be at peace in the midst of all wayward calamities. Alright? If you love the Lord your God with all your mind, it doesn't matter what goes around you. When wrong thoughts come to you, you will overthrow it by the word of God. Because you love it with your mind. Your mind is always fruitful. Your mind is always considering the word of God. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth, isn't it? Joshua 1, what? 8. And it says that you must be careful to do everything that is written therein. Well, they say you must confess it day and night. It shouldn't depart from your mouth. But when you speak it, then watch what you say. Be careful to do everything as written in it. And he says that God will make you prosper. Did he say that? Did he say God will make you prosper? No. You will make yourself prosperous. It is you who determine whether you fail or pass. This is the majority I want to go. God don't make you prosper. You decide. Whether you will prosper or you will not prosper. You know, it is your acts that determines prosperity. Not God. Not God. God gives you the power to produce wealth. But it is what you do with that power that brings the wealth. There are many people who should be determining fate of countries and be rulers of nations, but they are garbage collectors. There are people who work as... 
as messengers in big offices and banks who should be the MD of the bank. But what happened is, the grace God gave them to become, they wasted it. At the time it should be used. And when you waste the grace at the time it should be used, what will happen is that time has caught up with you. You can't catch up with it any longer. What you left undone yesterday, you can never regain it. What to do for today is just for today. Listen, if you let the word of God dwell in your heart, okay, and you are careful to do the things you say, and you meditate upon the things that you speak, which is the word, so that your actions are not motivated by mortal men. Do you know what? Men made the one God respect most on earth never to enter Canaan. Men. The Bible says in the whole world, no one is as meek as Moses. But yet, he did not enter Canaan. Because people rebelled under him, people spoke against God, and he allowed that zeal. God said, touch the rock. He went with anger before God. Because the people are stiff naked. And he struck God's back. God said, touch it. He went and hit it. I had enough of you people. Ha! Ah, God said, Moses, why did you do that? You should differentiate my relationship with you. And your relationship with people. If people offend you, why should you have it on me? I have shown you much love. And I have taught you much about myself. This you can't go scot-free. The consequence of what you have just done is, you have applied for death without getting to Canaan, before reaching Canaan. And you will surely not enter there. And God lost him so much, but God could not reverse what he had, what Moses did. God did not curse Moses. It was the action of Moses that brought that retribute. And God is the God of law. He will not contravene himself. So when the time was up for Moses to die, God said, come Moses. Because I love you so much, but I can't change order of what I have spoken. He says, look at the promised land. And after he has seen it, and God said, now you go and sleep with your fathers. And God assigned an angel to go with him. And when Moses walked away and walked and walked and walked and walked, the man God loved so much because of one single mistake, <laughs> he allowed men to make him sin against God. He died, and the angels picked his body and took him to heaven. And when they picked his body, we understand from the book of Judah, Satan was challenging them, you can't take this man. And they said to the devil, the Lord rebuke you. And they picked the body and took, took to heaven. Enoch went to heaven live. Elijah went to heaven live. Moses, it was his corpse. May men not shipwreck you. You must not act according to what men do. Don't let your action be determined by men. If you do, you have lost the fear. Of the God you serve. Because you will bear your consequences. Men will not bear it for you. I will together now. What I am. No man can change it. As from my wife. 
ask from my children, ask from my leaders. What I am, what I know about God, no matter how intelligent you are or how pleasant you are, you can't touch that area. My relationship with you will be maintained. But when you try to shift a little bit, no, you can't go there. I will not move an inch when it comes to my conviction. Unless you convince me that the Bible says so. And you know, to convince me on any verse of the Bible, whoever will do that on earth, that person will be solid. You will really hear God though. Ah, ah. So you must eat the Bible. You must drink the Bible. You must digest the Bible. And you must not pass it out. Hallelujah, somebody. Listen to me, therefore. I will say to you that the three things God said, you understand it. If you look at the first one, is what? Faith. Yes? Come on, say faith. Second one is? Yes, obedience. And the third one? Serve God with the whole of your heart this year. The, the workers that I wanted to meet, God wanted me to talk to you here. Look, don't come to service without that in your heart. Ask yourself, why do I come to church at all? If you come to church at all, your first reason is to serve God. You know that all of us come to church here and other places. Do you know that your serving God has nothing to do with this man? Do we agree with that? Now, I am not coming to church because Pastor Josiah is coming to church. But of course, Pastor Josiah's faithfulness in church can span me to holy jealousy that, ah, maybe I felt a little bit tired. I said, no, 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 I can't be tired because... I, what will I say if Pastor Jesus asked me? Because he will ask me. Okay? But let's say now Pastor Jesus now did something very terrible. I said, ah, if that is how church is, who told you that Pastor Jesus is the man called church? He's not the man called church. So if he did something very terrible to me, that should not be an excuse for me to say that if that is church, I'm not coming again. All who do that, they have no fellowship with God at all. At all. They are the escort who escorted people to the world. Oh, yes. So, you know, when, when uh, Prime Minister of England is going from 10 Downing Street to um, his um, parliament, you see some motorcycle of police, they will be standing in the front of his door until the man comes out and then when he comes out with his car they will just carry, their motorcycle has some light and if you are too, if they are coming around your path and you are too slow they go and you will move away they will go to, the moment <coughs> The Prime Minister gets to the entrance of the Parliament. How many of them enter Parliament? The escort do what? They disperse. Hallelujah. 
There are people who come to church, okay? But they are not members of heaven. They are the one who can say, ah, because of what this person did to me, or the usher did this to me, or the choir did this to me, I'm not coming to church. Because they have no union with the God of the church. Listen to me. Why should I come to church? Jesus commanded me to do so. I come to church because of the God that I serve. If I have fellowship with him, if I find anything not right there, I put it right. I blame no man for my responsibility towards God. Because as far as God is concerned, if anything is wrong in the house, somebody should just take care and take it off. And I cannot dwell on the uh, inability of someone in the church. I mean, that person, they didn't do it. If he didn't do what he's supposed to do, who is his judge? God. If I complain that he didn't do it, what God will ask me is that, what about you? What were you doing? It comes by understanding the love of God. If in your house, everybody put um, their plates in the sink and nobody washes it. And you shout, why don't you wash the plates in the sink? And they didn't answer you. If you don't like that, what do you do? Because yesterday you said you didn't respond. Therefore yesterday, some people are laughing, it happened to you too. <laughs> Excuse me. The person you are living with just put place there. You have told that person, wash your plate. You have done everything you can do humanly to wash plates. Will you commit crime by giving yourself hypertension and stroke? Only over plates. If you die over plates and you reach heaven, what will you tell God? <laughs> that the wash plate. And God will say to you that, did I not give you hands? Eh? And if the guy didn't wash place, what about the other things that the guy does? I'm not saying that you shouldn't wash place, mind you. <laughs> but I'm saying in the house of God, God is not interested in those who didn't do it. He's interested in what have you done to my house. Now, when we talk about obeying God, I was trying to help you to understand that Jesus said there, you answered correctly, okay? If you do those things correctly, as he says, okay? Result is, you will leave. Which means that if someone decides not to do those things, he cannot leave. He's not talking about physical life, but he's talking about spiritual life. So then you can understand why many believers are stagnant spiritually. Disobedience. Now, let me give you <clears throat> one more thing in the area of obedience. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, with all your strength. Isn't it? Let's look at the principle of blessing. Look at the book of Malachi chapter 9, uh, chapter 3, sorry. We read from verse 9. 
You remember I told you, God does not bless you with money. Because in heaven they don't spend it. He does not bless you with promotion. What God does is, He had given you grace, which if you charge towards money, then He can bring in the income for you. If you channel it towards hard work, then He can open the door for you to be promoted. The Lord your God gives you the ability to produce wealth by so confirming His promise. But ability to do something is different from the substance. It is the ability that produces the substance. Now look at <clears throat> a Christian cannot be cursed <clears throat> because God has pronounced blessing upon Christians. But if you look at this book of Malachi, it says, no, let's read from verse 8. Verse 8, it says, will a man rob God, yet he rob me. I want to listen attentively to this. And it says, but you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. The first principle here is that a man can fall a victim before God as a robber. A thief. Why would God say, will a man rob me? Yet he robbed me. I think what God suggests to human intellect is, uh, you consider, is this, is this sensible to rob God? If you rob man, you can't go scot-free. How do you think you can rob God? And then he says, and the man, the man says, oh, what do we rob you? <clears throat> and God says, in your tithes and offerings. Now we all understand that if a man is caught as a thief, there are pronunciations Already over the man. If you are established as a thief, <coughs> you cannot go scot free. There is no defense for a thief, except few flimsy. If you are caught in the action and you stole, if a man appropriates someone else's property uh, with the intention to deprive him permanently, you took this man's key here without his permission, and you ran. Away. As far as our own understanding is concerned, you are a thief. Am I correct, learned fellows? Now let me say this to you, therefore. If you went to somebody's house with gun and you broke down his door and you arrest them on gun points and looted their house, alright? And as you were looting, they have pressed panic alarm. You didn't know. As you took your loot, you were surrounded by police and they arrested you with a loot in your hand and you're gone. I want a good lawyer here to tell me the defense. No defense. You are caught in the act. No defense. And such sentence, <clears throat> you cannot have clemency. The queen cannot say, in my position, let him go. It will stain the royalty. The prime minister cannot say, in my office, let him go. It will taint his office. So is God. God says, in tithe and offering, look at the next verse very quickly. 
It says you are under a curse. Look at what it says here. It didn't say you shall be cursed. It says you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Now, reflect that to what I told you initially. To be blessed or to be cursed is a choice that a Christian has to make. That's the reason why some Christians die bankrupt. Alright, some Christians will only wish to have good things. They will never have it. The first thing that you examine is the fact that the grace God gave you to produce wealth. If you use it, then wealth will come. Okay? But if you're a Christian and you don't use that grace, you will only be wishing that you have good things. You will be doing only window shopping and be wishing that, oh, I wish I am able to afford this. And if you are not careful, Satan will tell you you can steal it. Oh, yes. Some people stole, not because they really want to steal, but because, you know, they found themselves in a position whereby the things they love, they can afford it. How long will I continue with this? If you do not use the potential of God that he has given you for the rest of your life, sorry, you'll be wishing good things. But, what about if you use it, and now the covenant of God is fulfilled over you, And now you are earning good money. You went to school, you prayed and God opened the doors for a job. You are in office, you prayed and God promoted you. You come to church every day, declaration is made over you and doors began to open for you. Favor came and manifestations began to come. The little effort you have, you got a big thing. God only needs the little obedience to magnify himself. And God did all those things for you. You are sick, you call on him, he healed you. If you didn't call on him, you come to church and someone says that somebody is sick over there or somebody prayed for the sick and instantly your sickness vanished. And all those blessings you are getting in church, somebody in the church, you came to church, somebody knew about your, your situation, before you know it, he helped you and you are able to work in the office. Those things came because of God. Because those people that you met who helped you, you would never have met them if you didn't come to church and they came to church. God brought people together who can help one another to fulfill the destiny God had written. And having God provided for you, God had blessed you, God had opened the doors and stuff like that, out of your earning, what belongs to God, you eat it. God said, you have chosen to introduce curse into the blessings that you have received. You are not going to be cursed. It's automatic. Your act, you know, brings that to you. Which God can stop and nobody's prayer can stop. As much as we can pray for you and God can open the doors and your little effort, God can blow it up and your little business, God can open doors and you'll make a lot of money. Doesn't mean that you will enjoy the money. It doesn't mean that you can have anything at the end of the year. It doesn't mean that you can point your finger to the great things you have achieved by the money. Some have so much money, they have nothing to show for it. Why? The Bible says, if a man robs me, he comes under a curse. Then the next verse says, Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Did you see that? And pour out so much blessing that you will not have room, enough room for it. Now look at what God is saying there. First of all, God is talking about 
A person who obeys me in giving his tithes and offering, what do I do? I open flood gates and I pour out blessing. How does God manifest blessing? Favor. We know that nobody can ever stand up here and say that I opened my door one day and the whole of my house was filled with pound sterling. It happened to you before. Somebody just opened his bedroom and half of it was loaded with pound sterling. Yes, in London. Did you, did you hear that news before? So when God pours blessing upon you, what happens to you? Somebody who is in a position to make way for you will just favor you. And before you know it, your mates may be earning a particular amount and you are earning more than double what they are earning. You look at your life five years ago and suddenly you can't tell exactly what, how, and God what do, how God did it. But the position you are today, your mates will be coveting to be there. <coughs> Where the door is shut to everybody, the door is open to you. Where people have problems with their bosses and all stuff, and you have no problem with your boss, no problem with those around you. Even your boss, some of you in this church, I know a good number of people that their boss look for a job for them elsewhere. Better than his own job. Say, so you are more qualified than me. What are you doing here? Okay. He talked to somebody and that person gave them the uh, opportunity. And they went away. Say, I, I wish you good luck. Things like that don't just happen without the blessing of God, which is favor. So the blessing of God will want, first of all, <clears throat> open the doors of favor. Then it will shut the door against loss, which is caused by Devara. Unprecedented loss. The blessing of God will shut the door against losses. So that the blessings that you have, you can enjoy it. I mean, if any Christian have devourer in their life, it can only happen when a man is not faithful in his tithing. I repeat myself. If any Christian have devourer in their life from one calamity to the other, from one calamity to the other, check yourself, you are not tithing. Oh, someone says that I can't pay my bills. You see, you can't say that to the RMS. The inland revenue. You can't say that to the inland revenue. Because before they pay you, the change they give you, they take that off you. Same thing with God. And moreover, you imagine, all of us are sitting down here today, on a very beautiful chair. This, this uh, carpet is beautiful. The church is beautiful. From the door, from the gate to here. You come every day, this place continues to look beautiful. Oh, we need this, we got it. We need that, we got it. Now listen to me. Some of us who tithe, it is our money you are enjoying. But when the blessing comes, you get it. And those who tithe get it. Understand that is a thief. Because you are trying to reap from what others are sowing into. That is a thief as far as God is concerned. What happens there is an inevitable consequence that God in his sovereignty cannot stop. There are some things God cannot do. One is that he cannot deny himself. Another is that he cannot sin. For God to stop Devara from a man that invited Devara is a sin. And God will not sin. God must allow the Devara to devour because he has decreed it. Okay? What about somebody who is suffering now because he has not been tithing? So how do you remedy it? 
If you start tithing, the period of devourer will soon be mixed with the harvest of your obedience. You will still suffer for some time. Financially. Well, well. Problems all over the place. They will still be coming. Only they will be reducing with time because the harvest of your obedience will begin to grow above the recompense of your past. And you come to a season that the recompense is over. Now, something I will say this to you. It may not concern anyone here in the church here. Bring the whole tithe into my... I think this one first concerns everybody. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. Some take part of their tithe and they give some part of their tithe. Really, I'm not teaching you about tithe today, but I'm talking about obedience. When I teach you about tithe, I will tell you, show you in the Bible, if you hold your tithe and you didn't pay, the Bible says that you should pay it back with 5% on top. That's what the Bible says. And I will show you in the Bible. But today I'm talking about obedience. So, the whole tithe is to my storehouse. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw wind open. Throw open the windows, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out so much blessing. Then the next verse, which is the last one, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and, vine, and, your, and, and the vines in your field will not cast their young, says the Lord Almighty. Now, can I say this to you? This command, is it just for the church? And exclude the priests? No. I have known some ministers who say that, uh, well, the tithe is for the ministers. If you are listening to me and you are a minister, and what you have been taught in your ecclesiastical order is that tithe, you are the collector of tithe. Let me say this to you. Read that scripture again. Go back to verse 10. Bring, shall we do it together? Stop. Where do you bring the whole title? Stop. Where do you bring the whole title? It's 